Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks for listening in on another episode. Or if this is your first time stopping by, I'm grateful to have you. This podcast is all about the getting started moments, the turning points that got each guest started on a new path toward happiness, the ups and downs of the journey, how they were able to commit to a change, and all the lessons learned along the way. I hope you all enjoyed this particular episode, so let's jump right in and get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Alex Mashinsky, who is the founder and CEO of Celsius Network. Celsius has built the first digital wallet that earns interest on 30 crypto assets. The app serves as a wallet platform to deposit assets, earn interest income, and take out 1% dollar loans from the top 14 blockchains. The wallet enables a new set of financial services that charge no fees, yet pay 80% of interest income revenues back to the depositors and the underserved global population. They launched the service and the CEL token in April of 2018, and since then have provided over $6 billion in loans and have over $600 million in assets under management. And I hope you all enjoy this conversation. We go into so many different pockets around interest rates and loans and unbanking, and I really enjoy the uh, mission that Alex is on. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, please welcome in Alex Mashinsky. Alex, welcome to the Just Get Started podcast. Glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. And, you know, one full disclosure, I use Celsius. Uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because I wanted to, I really love what y'all are doing over there. And, you know, I could take this conversation in so many different angles. You know, the Just Get Started podcast is all about those getting started moments and, you know, whether it's starting businesses or investing or anything. But when I pulled my audience, everyone had questions around Celsius and loans and they wanted your thoughts and everything around that space. So I'm like, all right, let's go down that avenue if that's okay. Um, So I want to start off actually, and more by curiosity, you started Celsius back in 2017. And obviously you have an illustrious career of a variety of different, uh, you know, companies you've started. Why was this such an important uh, angle for you to go, if you will? Why was this an important endeavor for you uh, to start? Yeah, so my entire career involves uh, taking power from uh, monopolies and exchanging that, giving it back to the people. Uh, started with uh, Voice of IP back in uh, 1994, uh, which obviously t- taken power away from the phone companies and allowed us to uh, use our own direct communication like we're doing here on Zoom, yeah. bypassing all of the guys that used to charge us $3 a minute to talk to each other, you know, so... Uh, same thing with the uh, New York subways where uh, there was no Wi-Fi or, fi- or 4G or any you know, uh, wireless services in the subways. And I had to fight with the MTA and uh, build transit wireless to provide free uh, uh, Wi-Fi and 5G for everybody, 8 million people that use it every day. So these are all uh, uh, basically kind of same motto. I'm an immigrant. You know, I, I, I feel like uh, we, the people, should have the power. And uh, when I said to my family and friends that I'm going to take on the banks, they, they laughed. They're like, okay, Alex, yeah, that's, that's really funny. And I was like, no, I'm serious. We're going to take on the banks and win. And, and uh, they thought it went, uh, that was a bridge too far. They were like, well, maybe you should think about early retirement. You know, you can really enjoy your time. Yeah. So I was like, no, I have a plan. I know exactly how I'm going to do it. And guess what? The banks are going to lose. So that was really the the... 
the crux of it. And, uh, uh, you know, today with over uh, 20 billion in assets and a million and a half customers worldwide, not just that we've proven that uh, you can do uh, the same services much better and cheaper, we're actually forcing the banks to lower their fees. I don't know if you've seen that in the last few weeks, uh, but uh, Wells Fargo and Capital One and, and many other banks have announced that they are eliminating or lowering fees. And the only reason they would do that, uh, consider their own monopolies are too big to fail, is because companies like Celsius are just extracting way too much money out of their coffers. Well, and, and so folks ask that are not familiar, and, and I'm probably more novice, obviously, maybe than, than you know, folks in the space. How can you do that? That's the question I get. Well, how can they do that? Sure, and it's a great question. So uh, banks keep telling us that they can, cannot pay us any money and that they are, uh, you know, like the Fed only lowered rates to zero. And because of that, they can't pay anything. But remember, when you want to borrow from banks on your credit card, they charge you 24%. So if they charge you 24%, just ask yourself, wait a second, if you charging me 24%, why can't you pay me something reasonable when I'm giving you the money that you're paying, giving me as, uh, when I'm borrowing from you at 24%? So the question is not, how can we do it? The question is, why aren't banks taking all those tens of billions of dollars in profit that they brag about to Wall Street every quarter and give it to the depositors instead of giving it to the shareholders. They do an excellent job giving it to, to uh, as, as quarterly dividends, giving mm -hmm. it to their executives as, uh, as bonuses. What they don't do is give it to us as yield. All Celsius did, really, all we did is, do, is we generate yield just like for other financial institutions, and, and then we give it to our customers. Robinhood didn't do that. Fidelity didn't do that. Charles Schwab didn't do that. Goldman Sachs didn't do that, right? That's the issue, that none of these Wall Street firms uh, in, in over 100 years of banking has ever, not, not one of those institutions have ever said, you know what, I'm going to take most of my profits and give it to my customers. Is, is because they didn't have to, I guess? Is that the reason? Yeah, right? exactly. They... The, the banks are too big to fail. There's very few of them, right? The four largest banks in the United States is, have over 60% of all the assets and they don't need to do anything, right? They, they basically are monopolies. So, so the only, now the reverse is true also. Let me just explain that because it's a very important point. Most banks use what's called fractional reserves to lever themselves 10 to one, 20 to one, and so on. Meaning, when you, most of us think like me or you, we think, well, we're too small, we're guppies, we, we're plankton, right? That's how they call us, by the way, plankton. They're feeding on us. So we can, us moving out or leaving, taking our assets with us and going to a company like Celsius has no impact on the bank. But because they have that leverage, because they have 20x leverage, when you withdraw $1, they have to shut down $20 worth of loans. So you actually have... 20 times the leverage that you think as an individual. And that's why when Celsius started accumulating so much in assets, they actually felt the impact because the impact is 20 times greater, up to 20 times greater than you think it is. And we, the people, are winning every day because we're telling our friends, we're showing people how you can unbank yourself. And I wear it everywhere, even when I talk to banks. You know, and we basically... So Celsius, look, we, we're fully transparent. We publish 
how we make the money. We show people on the blockchain. We record it on the blockchain. Here's how much we earned. Here's how much you got. And you can verify that if you're 1% of the pool, you got 1% of the distribution, right? So there's no, there's no secrets. And again, this is immutable recorded on the blockchain, right? We call it proof of community, rewards explorer. You can use this, call, it's called zero, zero proof knowledge type of encryption, right? The uh, cryptography that allows you to verify everything Celsius does. There's, there's never been an institution, go to your bank, you know, let's do an experiment. Go to your branch, and the next time you make a deposit, say, look, I'm going to give you this money. I want to know where you're putting it, who you're giving it to, how much you're charging those people. I want to know when you're getting it back, and then I want to know how much of that you're going to give me. That's what Celsius does every week. Yeah. Every week we tell you where we're putting it, how much we earn, how much of that you get back, and you actually get the distribution in your wallet every week. So the bank, if you go to the bank branch and ask them to do that, they'll kick you out and shut down your account and say, look at this crazy person asking questions like this. We'll never give you any information about what we're doing. Yeah. You should be happy that we're paying you 0.1% of the money that you deposit with us. How do you get folks, though, to get over the... And and I have this conversation with I don't know countless amount of folks of just the nervousness of like well it's in the bank it's it's safe I know I mean Celsius or you know pick pick some others like ah eh, what happens like where's my money and I mean it's the same kind of thing but they don't think of it that way can you share almost the folks that are sure. in that camp sure so so this is an, a very little known fact but anyone has Google anyone who has who uses Google can verify it, everything I'm saying. Uh, the Federal Reserve, the Fed, has lowered the requirements. Bank used to have to put 20% of their assets, keep them in cash. Then they lowered to 10%. Do you know what the requirements right now for banks? Zero. No, I do not. Zero. It's zero? Really? Yeah, they lower it to zero. Banks don't have to have any reserves. So when you give money to a bank, they don't have to have any money on hand whatsoever. Wow. They, they, they legally can basically at one point run out of money and tell you, sorry, we don't have money to give you, you know, and we're allowed to do that. Now, obviously, they have lines of credit with the Fed, and they can draw on as much money as they want. These are called repo markets, and the Fed is standing there basically making sure that the repo market operates. Without the Fed, those markets without, would not operate. So, so I'm, I'm not, in no way saying that our banking system is not safe. I'm just saying that if you think that there's some safe that has a lot of money in it, then you don't understand how banking works, right? Mm -hmm. Banks, banks, think about it this way. When you put money in the bank, it takes them three days to clear your money, meaning they are, they're only going to start paying you or give you access to your money three days later. They already, the minute the money hits their account, they already lent it to somebody else on their credit card. They're already charging somebody 24% but you don't even have the money cleared in your account. Mm. Banks settle instantly. They don't settle over three or seven days. International wire, seven days to clear the money. You know? So I'm curious on, and this actually goes to Celsius a little bit, and because I had the same question when someone sent this over, um, is how do you decide what, I mean, there's so many different assets you can list on there. How do you guys decide the assets? And then I guess a part B, how do you, how do, you do the yield percentage, you know, sure. why are they different? How, how does it fluctuate? That's a great question. Yeah. So 
So we're not financial advisors. We're not uh, trying to pretend to be, right? We're not helping you decide what is safe, what is not, what you should own, and so on. We, what we try to do is uh, have enough assets in the world. Right now, it's about 50 assets, different assets, including things, obvious things like Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, but also 13 different stable coins, uh, two gold assets. So you can actually invest in, in gold and earn yield, earn, earn return on gold something that is pegged to the price of gold. Uh, and, and you have to choose. You have to decide, you know what? I want to put, uh, I want to earn yield on dollars. So I'm going to buy some stable coins, put it with Celsius, and I'm going to earn 8.5%. I like this Bitcoin thing, but I'm not sure about it. So I'm just going to buy a little bit and I'm going to earn 6.2% on that and so on and so on. So all we do, right, is you decide what assets to purchase. You don't even buy them on Celsius. Most of our customers buy these assets on Coinbase or some other platform, and then they just put them on Celsius to earn yield. Uh, when it hits your account, right? And by the way, the clearing is uh, instant, meaning on Ethereum, it's a few, you know 20 or 30 seconds. On Bitcoin, it's up to 10 minutes. And then immediately you start earning interest, right? Now, Celsius has to lend these things out to borrowers, to ex institutions, exchanges, DeFi, um, uh, retail lending, right? All these different ver verticals that we operate in. And we have to charge those people yield or charge them interest, right? And again, this is where the crux of the matter is, right? We, we take that yield that we collect from the institutions and we pay most of it to our community. That is really the main innovation that Celsius has created. Now, you can earn the yield in kind, meaning Bitcoin on Bitcoin or stablecoin on stablecoin, or if you're a credit investor in the US or not accredited anywhere in the world, you can earn it in our token, uh, the sell token, right? And then you earn up to 25% more. So, so what we provide is just two basic services, yield, which is not available, right? You, you can't get it from any bank because they, they are so greedy and they wanna pay all that money to their shareholders. And you can borrow, you can take a loan against the asset deferring your taxes, right? You don't have to sell your Bitcoin. You don't have to sell your stable, your Ethereum, and you will pay 1% interest per year, right? So try to borrow, no paperwork, no employment verification, no, uh, um, you know, all the stuff that comes with uh, 20 forms that you have to fill with the bank, all that goes out of the window. In five minutes, you can be qualified for a loan, and the money will be in your account the same day. Uh, uh, so you can basically use it to pay down credit card debt or you know, or anything else you need. Well, and the loan's actually a good place to maybe sit on for a minute, because again, that that was a, a high question that came in a lot, I guess, if I say it that way. What's from a loan standpoint? So I have Bitcoin in there. I could just lend that out to Celsius, but I'm I'm lending it, but I'm not losing. It's not like I'm, I'm not selling it, right? I think that's, I think some folks are a little nervy about what happens actually with their Bitcoin or, or another asset maybe. Yeah, so, so today, you're really, a person has three options. One, if you're savvy, computer savvy, you can hold the Bitcoin yourself. So you have a private key or you have a, just a number, right? You have a virtual key and you own your Bitcoin, right? Uh, uh, which is fine. For many people, that's fine. Just to, uh, you know, about 20% of all the Bitcoin has been lost because people that thought that they can hold their own keys uh, have not been able to do so. And, and basically... They lost all that Bitcoin. Second option is you buy it on an exchange like Coinbase and you keep it on the exchange. You're saying to Coinbase, look, 
I don't know how to uh, uh, keep my keys safe. You guys keep my keys. I just have a password to my account. And when I need it, I can get it. And Celsius just says, look, Coinbase is using your Bitcoins to do market making, arbitrage, all kind of other stuff, but they're not paying for it. Why don't you move the coins to us? We will lend it back to Coinbase or other exchanges. Then they have to pay us because we have 115,000 Bitcoin. Very few people in the world have 115,000 mm -hmm. Bitcoin. So if somebody needs a, a loan of size, a, uh, a Celsius is probably the only option they have. If you need a, 100 million worth of Bitcoin to borrow, very few people in the world you can call and get that. So, so all we've done, just like with the phone companies, we forced the phone companies, give us internet service and not charge us per minute. Here, Celsius is forcing the banks, the financial institution to pay us for something there for free. Normally with dollars, we give it to them for free. Why? Because banks have a license to steal, right? They, have, they actually are legally allowed to pay us nothing for our money. Take all this risk, and if they make a mistake, we the people bail them out every 10 to 15 years. That's so, the license they have. You understand? It's just crazy yeah, I, when I, you I, think about it in those I, terms. So here Celsius takes the same asset, digital assets, forces institutions to pay us yield for them, Right, and then gives most of that to uh, the customers. Maybe we should change our name to Robinhood because we actually deserve to carry that name. So, but from the, from the loan standpoint, just to be clear, so let's just simple simple math. Let's say I had fifty thousand in Bitcoin, um, U.S. dollars in Bitcoin. I can loan that, or I could get a loan from Celsius for fifty thousand dollars in actual cash, but I don't lose my Bitcoin. Yeah, so let, let's just use uh, $10,000. Okay, use 10, that's fine. Right? So $10,000, let's say you have Bitcoin worth $10,000. You can maximum, you can only borrow $5,000 against it. 50% okay. loan to value, LTV, right? And uh, the other option, let's say you need $5,000, right? The other option is for you to sell. You have to sell $10,000 to get $5,000 because the government will take half of it immediately, right? And say, oh, wait a second. You're a rich guy. You made a lot of money on Bitcoin. Give us half of it. But when you take a loan, and that's how rich people stay rich, they don't sell their Facebook, they don't sell their Tesla. They borrow against the asset, tax-free basically, because they're deferring the sale of the asset, mm -hmm. and they use the cash for expenses, for credit card, for college, for whatever they need to spend it on, right? So all of us can do it. We just don't have an easy way to do it. Normally, we just sell our assets and we pay taxes. But Celsius tells you, look, keep the coins. There's a good chance Bitcoin will continue to go up. Take 5,000 against the 10,000. Now you still have the $10,000 worth of Bitcoin. You can take the 5,000, pay, pay bill, bills with it. We don't want you to buy more Bitcoin with it. You can't actually. If you try to do it inside our wallet, we block you. We're like, look, Bitcoin is already a volatile asset. You don't need leverage on Bitcoin. It's yeah. 80 vol. It's one of the most volatile assets out there. And we do loans also at 33% LTV or 25% LTV. The 25% LTV or $2,500 is at 1% interest. So for the whole year, you'll pay 1%. Take that money, pay that credit card debt at 24%. You just save thousands of dollars a year, right, for yourself. So that's what you should be doing. You should be, it creates a little bit of leverage, but that is a leverage that allows you to lower the expenses, the, the interest expense that you have and replace it with 1% interest and you still have all the upside on your Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. And most of us are struggling with that. Most of us are struggling 
with the credit card debt, with the with the student debt, with the car loan, with the this and that, and all those things are 16%, 20%, 24%. And it, you miss one payment and it's 29.95%. Yeah, it's insane. So, so Celsius wants to fix all of that. Again, we, we don't make money on 1% loans. We do that because we want you to unbank yourself. We want you to detach from that thiefdom system that the United States of America, right? Citizens of this country pay over 800 billion a year just in interest on their credit cards. 800 billion. I mean, it's just crazy. So, so that's what we're trying to cure. We're trying to cure all of us living beyond our means on borrowed money that is costing us 24%. That, that is not a sustainable long-term uh, business plan, okay? You, you cannot keep your life at that level. So why don't we exchange it with an asset that appreciates very uh, well with cheap loans, De basically take, take down the debt, create financial uh, 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 independence, financial freedom for yourself by basically changing your habits and creating savings instead of living in debt. Will, and this is actually a really good question. I'll give a shout out to my, my good friend, Paul McNeil for, for <laughs> saying this. I'll be curious for you guys to go with it. Is, will Celsius buy a bank at some point or become a, uh, with a, like a bank charter or a bank with a bank charter, I guess, is how he worded it? So we're trying to unbank ourselves too. We, we're trying not to become a bank. Okay. Uh, look, I think the regulators are looking at this, they're scratching their head and they're saying to themselves, look, we, we, we asked Celsius for information, we dug through all of their stuff, and, and we really don't think they're bad actors. I mean, it's not like they're trying to damage somebody or hurt somebody or whatever. I mean, I personally have hundreds of millions of dollars with Celsius, right, as a customer, not as an equity holder, right? So I, I'm sacrificing paying myself as an equity holder by paying myself as a customer. And when I started doing that, a million and a half people showed up and said, hey, can we do the same thing? Can we sit on the bus right next to you and earn the same yield? And I said, sure, let's do it. So regulators look at it and say, it's a good thing. That's what community banks used to do before all the big banks bought them. Community banks used to pay you seven or 8%, probably your parents, they didn't pay you, but they paid your parents. <laughs> and, and your parents retired all that money. They retired on that saving account that paid 7% without you having to do anything. That's all Celsius is bringing back. It's a retirement account that pays seven, eight, now pay eight and a half percent without you doing anything, nothing. You don't have to trade, you don't have to move stuff around, nothing. So, so regulators are looking at this and saying, wow, it's really a good thing, but you know, we have to protect the innocent. We have to make sure that these guys do. Why don't we make them a bank? Well, if you make us a bank, then we have to be just like the bad guys, right? So we have to find something in the middle. We have to find something where there's transparency and there's accountability and there's all the stuff that is needed to run the business properly. And at the same time, uh, we can operate, we can continue innovating, right? Continue providing these type of services in the best interest of the community uh, without 60,000 pages of regulation that will, are gonna force us to be just like JP Morgan. Yeah, well, it seems like that's what's happening right now, at least with the, the, the circles that, that I read and, um, you know, whether it's podcasts or uh, other stuff that, that you have this, you know, innovation, which you want to do and the space wants to do. And then you have the regulations of like, 
and they're kind of butting heads at this point. Is that, is that where you spend a lot of your time of like battling the regulations or? I wouldn't say battling. I mean, again, the, the, you know, the joke about banks is that the last thing they invented was an ATM machine and that was 1975. You know, we haven't seen anything from banks and we haven't seen anything from FinTech trying to attack banks because all those companies were still running on the rails, on the infrastructure that banks provided. So sooner or later, you were trying to go around the banks, you ended up with a toll collector, right? With an institution that said, well, stop right here. You got to pay me on average, 3% of all of our GDP worldwide goes to banks and financial institutions on average. Now we all know computer networks are basically free. We're talking for free, right? We should be able to move money for free, right? And that's what the blockchain promised. The blockchain, just like voice over IP, was a new rails, a new network that bypassed AT&T and bypassed all these giant phone companies. The blockchain and the open ledgers like Ethereum and other things are bypassing the entire financial system, right? So the opportunity for us is, okay, are we, do we want to get stuck with this old legacy system and let the rest of the world innovate? Or do we want to invent the next internet, just like we invented this internet the next internet, Web3, is all about value. And this fight is over all the money in the world. Do we want that to be owned by the Chinese? Do we want that to be owned by some uh, entrepreneur that doesn't have a name? Or do we want to manage uh, all of that in an open framework like we gave the internet? The US government passed the law in 1996, allowing internet company to operate freely without phone companies and other people squashing them and that's what banks are trying to do right now. They're trying to squash anyone who's infringing on their thiefdom system, right? To continue stealing from us hundreds of billions of dollars for nothing, right? It yeah. makes no sense that you're paying 24% on your credit card. Zero sense. How do you... Uh, but banks, banks borrow money from the Fed right now at 0%. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that that is crazy when you really pull back the you know, the, the eyelids, if you will, and like open up and you're like, good grief. Like, yeah, where is that money going? You know? How about 1% loans? Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That seems good. That seems good. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. That's what we're doing. And again, we are going through regulatory scrutiny every week, every month. It's not like yeah. we're hiding somewhere. I live in New York city. I have six kids, you know, if there was anything wrong with what we're doing, believe me, I wouldn't be living here anymore, right? So, so we wouldn't be managing 20 billion or more in assets for millions of people. So the, 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 the egregious behavior and, and, and pointing fingers at us is as if we are the problem. Well, I think, it comes down, I think it comes down to you mentioned, I think the best word is like y'all are trying to innovate. You're trying to, it's a new kind of frontier that a lot of folks are very nervous about. And, and I think even like in conversations I've had recently, obviously, you know, we're recording this end of January, 2022, just for, for reference, right? Very volatile. Now the stock market is as well, but you know, obviously, you know, crypto is in, in a very volatile spot right now, but this happens, right? How does someone in your position actually like look at that? Like when you're looking at the, the where crypto is, Bitcoin, et cetera, folks that have a little money and get very nervous, do you, or do you know, Hey, this is a long-term game. Like this, this is going to take time. People are going to buy in, you know, the, things are shaking out. Like how, how do you look at that when the, you know, things tank so much? 
So let, let's do just two simple things, right? Uh, uh, let's, let's compare what the Fed has done in the last two years. They printed almost half of all the money that ever existed, 40-something mm -hmm. percent. I think it's 44 or 46% of all the dollars that were ever existed in the history of the Amer American people were printed in the last two years, okay? Now, I would call that crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Our national debt is $29 trillion, 29 trillion. It's 29 with 12 zeros behind it. And on top of it, we have another 60 trillion of unfunded liabilities like social security and everything else. So again, we the, we the people are living beyond our means, mm -hmm. right? We're spending money on military and all kinds of other things that we can't afford, right? We keep charging the credit card, right? And the Fed keep printing that money for us. And, and, and here is a new system. It's a system that doesn't have a Federal Reserve. It does not have a printing press. Okay, you cannot print more Bitcoin. There's only 21 million. That's it. You can do whatever you want. Doesn't matter who. You know, it's mathematically impossible to print more Bitcoin, right? So you tell me who's crazy and who's not. I mean, the Fed has to manage the, 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 uh, our, our stock market, our bond market, our every market. Right to keep it alive, it has to feed it constantly, right? And so now we are supposed to be the United States of America. No, no centralized authority should be managing our economy. We're a free economy. Are we free, or is the Fed managing our economy? So on the other side, you have a free market, a truly free market. It moves up and down. Sometimes it moves a lot, but it's a free market. There is no one controlling that market. So. I believe in that market. I believe in limited supply, right? Uh, uh, Austrian economics, rather than believing in voodoo uh, MMT or, or modern monetary theory, which is what uh, the Fed has been uh, feeding us, right? So uh, Bitcoin is a deflationary currency, meaning every day there's less and less and less Bitcoin because people lose their keys, there's limited supply, and there's more and more people who actually lose their keys and don't know how to deal with their Bitcoin. So, so here is a system that printed almost half of all the money in the last two years, and here is a system that is deflationary. You tell me which one is better for you, not which one is better for the government. Which one is better for you? You go to sleep, and there's less Bitcoin when you wake up, or you go to sleep, and there's 40% more dollars when you wake up. Which one is better for you? So... We as, as the people have to decide which system we believe in, which system is acting in our best interest, which system we want to put the value into, right? Bitcoin is just a store of value. That's all it is. Just like you can store value in the dollar, you can store value in Bitcoin. Now, the dollar is the world's best payment system. Everybody accepts dollars, right? So it's a phenomenal payment system but it's a horrible store of value, right? It lost 95% of its value just since we went off the gold standard. 1971, a dollar is now worth five cents, just since 1971. So Bitcoin appreciated 10 million percent. It's the best asset in the last decade, in the last 13 years, okay? Best, best assets ever created by, by, by anybody. Better than gold, better than any stock, better than Tesla, better than Facebook, better than you name a company, anything. Bitcoin beats it by two or three orders of magnitude. So which one assets do you want to have? You tell me. 
The one that is unlimited press, where most of the dollars go to people who are close to the plate, or something that has limited supply where you know that it's run by cryptography and it, no one, no government can control it. So all Celsius does is we carry the flag for Satoshi. We invented this whole system. We just carry the flag. And in the spirit of not bringing the Wall Street system, system into Bitcoin, into crypto, we want to keep it pure. We don't want to be infected by all the bad stuff that's happening there. And remember, regulators work for our government. And our government is supposed to work for us. Okay, so regulators should be looking at this and saying, okay, is this good for the people or is this bad for the people? What do you think of, uh, and just one or two more questions. I, I really appreciate you sharing a lot of those insights because that is helpful. Um, what do you think of El Salvador, the Bitcoin city? Do you think, do you think about that at all? Or maybe having your own someday or? <laughs> so look, there are three types of countries in the world. There are countries like the United States or Japan that print their own currency and it's a very strong currency. There are countries that have their own currency, but it's a shit currency, right? They're, they're not really powerful. They, like if you're in Argentina, if you're in Turkey, your currency is just disintegrating, right? Your local currency. And then there are countries that don't have their own currency, like El Salvador. El Salvador is using the U.S. dollar, and now they made Bitcoin legal tender, meaning they said, you can choose. Every one of our citizens can choose. They want to transact in dollars or they want to transact in Bitcoin, right? So that is a, a, a phenomenal uh, thing because this is the first time a nation, a sovereign nation, decided that it wants to add other, right, other types of currency besides just the dollar or the yen or the euro or something else. So, and now it's an experiment. People have to choose, uh, uh, for example, to transact. They may continue transacting with dollars for payments, but they will use Bitcoin for store of value, right? Bitcoin as a form of payment is not a good thing. It, it doesn't work very well. The, the transactions are slow. A, a, they're expensive. It's not designed for that. It's designed for store value. I know the Satoshi paper says peer-to-peer -peer cash system, but uh, maybe we just need to refresh it and put a new title on it. You know, the world's best, uh, uh, you know, store value. So, so I am I am admiring the experiment there. I think it's it's definitely something that we're watching very closely and we're cheering for for the country and for the I think four and a half million people that live there, but. But, uh, you know, it's a tough one. This is, this is going against the entire world. The IMF threatened El Salvador that they will cut all their loans if they continue with this uh, Bitcoin meshugas, you know? So, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, it takes a lot of guts for a, for a president of a country to do that. This is not, uh, we should not be taking it lightly. Well, what about when, and now there's, it seems like a, I don't know, I don't want to call it a Twitter war, but like between the mayor of Miami and, and the mayor of New York City about, hey, I'm going to take my paychecks in Bitcoin and stuff. What do you think of that all? How, so you know, that look, if you're a politician, half of Americans have Bitcoin now or, or crypto assets. So if you're a politician, uh, I don't think you're going to get elected unless you're fr uh, crypto friendly, especially in cities like Miami and New York and, and so on. So, so I think one after the next, uh, politicians, not just mayors, it's governors, it's it's uh, presidents, right? They realize, gosh, I, all I have to do to get reelected is mention the word Bitcoin three times, you know? So, so 
that's that's a good thing because because again, uh, uh, the lawmakers are all politicians, right? And they all have to care about their constituency. And if the constituency says, "Hey, you're not friendly to Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is friendly to us," then we're just not going to vote for you, right? So so th the reason I'm not concerned about regulation is because. I think lawmakers sooner or later are going to realize that they need to provide these services to their customers. And all we need to do is wait to, for, for those lawmakers to show up and change the rules to be crypto friendly, right? And, and again, we are, I think, a shining example of acting in the best interest of the community, putting the community first, listening to the community, right? Developing things the community has asked us to do. Right? How many? When was the last time you went to your bank branch and gave them advice about how they should improve their product? You understand? Well, I, so? I haven't been to a bank branch in probably many years, but I'm sure well, some folks still walk was, into those. That's right. And, and there was a survey done. Most Americans would rather go to the doctor than sit in a bank appointment for two hours. Okay, to the dentist. Sorry, they rather go to the dentist than go to a bank branch and fill up a loan or. Uh, request a credit card or whatever they need to do. So, yeah. so you know, I think crypto allows us to, again, uh, have a new path and new rails. And now the question is, are we developing uh, stuff there that replaces TradFi or traditional finance? Or are we developing stuff there that just charges more fees and find other ways of milking money out of people that even banks didn't think about? And that's really what the fight is over. Well, let me get you out on this. I always like to ask this question. Um, so that'll be interesting where you take it. And again, I, I always say this, not financial advice. This is more for entertainment purposes, but you could share your thoughts and wisdom and insights. Let's say, so, let, let's take my mom, for example. I don't think my mom has any crypto. At least I haven't talked to her about it. But she she's used to her money sitting in the bank and you know, kind of doing the old methods. Would there be any coaching, I guess is the best word, to get her started into the space, moving in the right direction, whether it's a loan, whether it's anything, any insights, advice, um, anything you've seen that's helped get people over the fence, if you will? Sure. So first, you have to spend some more time with her, okay? She called me already and told me that you're, you're just busy <laughs> with your podcasts and with your celebrity lifestyle and everything else. So no, but just kidding. But look, we all have to spend time educating the people that are either disadvantaged or don't have access to the information or just don't understand the tech, right? And it's, it's on all of us, right? I mean, we, I, I do, every week I do uh, an AMA, right? They ask me anything on Fridays on, on YouTube. I do a Twitter hangout for two or three hours every Tuesday. And, and I do continuously do content, create content like this one, where we try to educate people about the questions they should ask themselves. This is not a pitch. Go download Celsius app. This is about the questions you should be asking yourself. Basic things like, why is my bank charging me 24%? I've been with them for 20 years. They have all my money. Yeah. They already have all my money. How can they charge me 24% when they have all my money and my savings and my mortgage and my kids' college uh, plans and everything? It, it's lunacy, yeah. right? So, so all I'm saying is asking people, simple things, right? And our, we have an amazing community. We have thousands of ambassadors, thousands of Celsius ambassadors who create content. Go to celsiushub.com, okay? It's an ambassador who created a website that has content from hundreds of different 
uh, ambassadors in, I think, 70 languages, okay? You, you speak uh, uh, whatever, some weird language, guess what? There's probably a video there in your language explaining to you what is crypto, how do you buy it, how do you move it, how do you use it, and so on, so on. So, so I think that we, we built a community from scratch, right? The global community that everybody in our community wants to unbank and have financial freedom. Those are the two things they're trying to do, right? Detach from that system where they're being charged fees and they can never make it. They're always behind. They can barely pay their bills. And okay, now it's January, right? We're at the end of January. Look at your December statement, your credit card statement. Look how much, the, by law, they must show you how much interest you paid all year. And you'll be shocked. You'll be like, oh my God, I paid $6,000 to the bank? It's on page three, it's on the last page on the back in small letters, find it, look at it, okay? And ask yourself, what if I could take that money and put it towards my financial freedom? Take that $6,000 that I paid the bank for nothing just because they gave me a loan against my own money that is in my bank and charged me 24% on it because I'm using their credit card, right? So that's all you have to do is change your behavior and go from a, 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 somebody who is in debt to somebody who is a saver. Well, Alex, this is great, man. I, I, again, I love following your stuff online. I love the AMAs. Um, keep it up. And I love how you transparent you are about this stuff. So uh, th this was a real treat to have you on, and I appreciate you taking some time out. Hey, everyone, just one more quick thing before you skip along in your day. You know, if you do enjoy this content or other things that I've put out or just enjoy learning more and trying to adapt your thinking uh, to become happier each and every day, there's a couple of things that you may benefit from. Um, if you go to my website, brianandraco.com forward slash subscribe, you can sign up for my newsletter that goes out once a week. And that's really a digest of a lot of information that I gather throughout the weeks, whether it's a new video that I think could be informative or a podcast that's been valuable to me, book that I might read, etc. Um, secondly, I blog three times a week, and these are more micro blogs, one to five minute reads, short digestible blogs that'll send right to your inbox on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. So check that out on my website, brianandraco.com forward slash subscribe, if you think it's something you might enjoy. I hope you all have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.